is the city that started it all. Come back, just win that! Wow. What a hit! Absolutely incredible. And the referee has called a penalty. What? Oof. Come on. I don't believe it. No. Got it. Bringing you the latest from across the Steel City, this is Football Forum. Well, a very good evening to you and uh, thank you so much to the Warehouse Club for uh, welcoming in this brand new era of Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. Yes, after three and a quarter years, we've made a couple of changes. Beautiful day is no more and too little too late is our brand new theme tune for Football Forum. So a very good evening to you. Uh, welcome along. Um, we are here on Football Forum on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. I'm Joseph Hadfield as ever and I'll run you through all the last couple of weeks' action and we'll do it as ever. A lot of things change on this programme but the two people don't and that's Connor Thorpe and Josh Chapman. Afternoon, fellas. Afternoon. Good afternoon. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the, all the action from across the region so here's what's on the way in the next hour or so. Stalemates, a stunner, a sending off and scenes, literal scenes. Four games, four clean sheets, two nil-nil draws with Huddersfield and Hull, and a four-nil and a one-nil win over Swansea and Blackburn for United. Disappointed weather, Derby defeat and Derby delight. Postponements for Accrington and Fleetwood, a two-nil loss to Rotherham and a three-one win at Donny for Wednesday. We also turn our attention to the weekend's action as hopefully the pitch is playable for Wednesday as they welcome Charlton while United have the long drive in the opposite direction to the Addicts as the Blades head to Millwall. And another round of unpredictable, no, don't get your hopes up. What do you expect from us three? On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We may have left shoe, but we still focus on Sheffield's red and blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. Oh yes, a great pleasure to have you on this Thursday evening and whichever podcast provider that you prefer to listen back to us on. So it is that time of the week again that we bring you this week's quiz question and it's me once again. Uh, a little simple something that chappers may or may not have seen, uh, in which case we are rightly screwed, but we'll find out. Now, uh, Billy Sharp, we know he scores goals for a living and uh, he... Pretty much he's been scoring goals left, right, centre for United. Um, now, he has scored. You may have heard the uh, the, uh, the stats that fly around about players that have scored in every single minute, individual minute at some point uh, throughout their career. Uh, well, Billy Sharp has scored almost everyone. There are three specific... Have you seen this, Chappers? Um, potentially. Potentially. Right. Carry well, on. 
you keep your mouth shut well, then and lay the, 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 the fact you've said three, I'm not sure I've seen three. I think I've seen one. You've seen one. So That's fine. Carry on. Then. Right, because I've adjusted it a bit. Right. So, between the minutes of, well, the start of the game and the 98th minute, I'll tell you the 98th minute is the latest minute that Billy Sharp has scored a goal in. I am looking for the three minutes between the start of the game and the 98th in which Billy Sharp has not scored. Is this an entire career or just for us? I believe... Or are you not sure? I believe... It must be entire career. This is entire career. It can't just be for us. No, it can't be just for us. So I am saying it's his entire career. There are three minutes between the start of the game and the 98th minute that he has not scored in. And I will tell you, he has scored in the 98th minute, so you can count that one out. Good question. There are three that he hasn't scored in, and I want you to name those three. And uh, as usual, the chaps will have until the end of the programme to give us the correct answers, and uh, then I will tell you just before we sign off. Right, onwards we go then with the action. And uh, since it's been a fortnight since we were last with you, we've got quite a few games to get through this week. Hint, hint, Chappers local roundup. Uh, but because you don't really give a rat's arse about what happened two weeks ago, and to be fair, neither do we. Uh, so we're going to focus on the uh, the most recent games. And for United is where we're starting. Um, and realistically, it's just going to be last night's action. Now, no, obviously, no more commentary and no more clips on this programme, but we've uh, we've come up with an ingenious solution to that. Uh, so it is, uh, we're going to focus a little bit on the Swansea and mainly on Blackburn Rovers from last night. Connor, you've got the uh, the job of running us through it. Yeah, so Sheffield United gained back-to-back victories and extended their unbeaten run to nine games as they beat both Swansea City and Blackburn Rovers at Blackburn, Blackburn, uh, Bramall Lane. Blackburn Lane, easy for me to say. On Saturday, the Blades welcomed the Swans and were in complete control by half-time. Morgan Gibbs-White opened the scoring just before the quarter-hour mark when he lifted the ball past Swans keeper Andy Fisher after a peach of a pass from Ollie Norwood. One became two shortly after when George Baldock scored a goal that could be a pushcast contender when he hit one on the volley after a flowing blades move. Gibbs White turned provider for Billy Sharp before the break when he slotted through to the veteran. Sharp lobbed it over the onrushing Fisher to make it 3-0. The on-loan Wolves man got his second and United's fourth with just under 15 minutes left when he took low into the bottom corner after Sharp laid him off. And last night on Tuesday, in a dramatic game, Blackburn Rovers were the visitors, United keen to pick up from where they left off. Reese Norrington-Davis saw an effort ruled out for a very tight offside call after Samba Berger saw his shot saved. Billy Sharp squandered a brilliant opportunity a few minutes later when he nodded wide from a pinpoint Berg cross. And in the second half, Charlie Good, who replaced the injured Chris Basham in the side, um, in the side was sent off for a rash challenge on Rita Kadra. And just a few minutes later... Rovers were awarded a penalty after Kadra's cross bounced up and hit John Egan in the arm. But Wes Fodderingham, heroic save to pull up to, to deny Kadra from 12 yards. And at the death, United nicked it. John Flex corner was headed back across goal by Jack Robinson and substitute Ben Davis hooked his leg above the ball and into the empty net in the 92nd minute. And some quotes from Paul Heckingbottom since we've ditched the clips now. So Heckenbottom said it's a it's the best way to win for lots of reasons. Everyone will tell you who has been involved in games like this. For me, it reinforces everything we've been trying to do. We've been trying to get this place bouncing. We've been trying to reignite that connection between the fans and players. Chappers, your thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, it's an absolutely massive three points and uh, one that I thought we genuinely did deserve. Um, lots of things went against us in the game. Obviously, Charlie Good getting sent off, it's, it's a really it's a poor challenge, really. Um, but yeah, Heckenbottom said it himself after the game. If it's a few inches lower, you know, 20-odd thousand United fans would be going absolutely crazy for him because it's, it will, you know, would have been one of the best challenges you've ever seen. Absolutely nailed him. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't a few inches lower and uh, yeah, rightly so deserved to get sent off. So that's the one thing that goes against you. You've then got John Egan giving away a penalty. Again, not a great deal he could do about that. It was the right decision. Um, yeah, and, and Fodringham, League One Wes, turning into clean sheet Wes um, for now. Pulls off an excellent save. And you just think, oh, well, maybe something is going to go our way after all. Um, you know, they, they came after some excellent chances were squandered in the first half. I thought we were unlucky. For Norrington Davis not to to have his goal to stand, I think it was probably just offside, and I think if you're in the Premier League, the lines would have come out, and I think it probably would have been decided that he was offside. Um, but it's an excellent chance created in the first place from from Sharp from Berger, who I thought was absolutely outstanding last night. Oh, what a player! Um, we'll come on to him more in a minute. In a minute, I'm sure. And then Sharp. It really was one for the scrapbooks last night, missing an opportunity like that. You don't see that very often. Um, again, after a, a pinpoint cross from Sander Berger. Um, and then Baldock again getting an effort, well, a couple of efforts actually in, in the first half that he saw saved. So yeah, overall I thought it was a really, really good performance um, despite a few things going against us in the second half and, and making it a little bit difficult for ourselves. I thought at times we, we gave the ball away a little bit too cheaply. Um, we we brought a, a bit of undue pressure onto ourselves when we didn't really need to, to be honest, because through our own fault of, of giving away the ball, um, especially in dangerous areas, generally in our half, in our in our first third as well. So that made it a little bit difficult, but I thought overall we, we played well. I thought we deserved the three points. Um, and it's games like that really that, that can define a season and, and, and can define or can decide, I guess, who... Uh, who finishes where? Do we finish in the playoffs? Do we finish even higher than that? It's games like that where your backs are against the wall and you end up somehow pulling a result out. Um, and and a few people have likened it to um, the game against Brentford in, in the promotion season to the Premier League where we go 1-0 up, Gary Medine gets sent off for a stupid challenge, backs against the wall for the, the rest of the game, uh, which was around an hour. Um, and then somehow we, we nick it or well, we go and get another goal late on to make it 2-0 and, and secure three point three points. So um, a lot of people have likened it to, the, to that game and, and rightly so really because there are a lot of similarities to it. Um, you know, as soon as we went to, down to 10 men, Blackburn were knocking on the door a little bit. I don't think we were ever properly troubled from open play. Obviously the closest they, they came was the penalty but I don't think from open play they really troubled us too much. Um but yeah, a, a massive three points, a uh, really, really big three points. And, you know, like I say, those games can define your season, really. Yeah, like I said, a few chances for Blackburn. I, saw, I did see the second half myself. And although you were down to 10 men and you could tell from one side that you were down to 10 men because obviously Blackburn are dominating possession, you're sitting a bit deeper behind the ball. But I think, to be fair, United still managed to cause some problems with a man less. And it never seemed that obvious, really, that you were a man down in that sort of respect. I suppose how encouraging it how encouraging is that for you that you're still able to get on the front foot at times with a, with a man down? Yeah, re really nice to see um, because I think there probably would have been times. Well, it, I think you know if that game was played earlier on in the season um, and we'd have gone down to ten men and the circumstances were exactly the same, 
I think we'd have probably comfortably lost that. Would have heads have gone or heads would have gone down. Would have would have probably opened the floodgates a little bit, um, and I think we'd have probably be beaten pretty comfortably. But that doesn't seem to be what this team's about nowadays. We we seem to be a team that really digs into the end, no matter what the circumstances. We seem to keep going um, and keep fighting for each other. And like you say, I I didn't think we looked that. Um, that at risk when we went down to 10 men, we, we played initially as a, as a back four rather than a five. Ben Davis came on fairly late on, um, half, you know, midway through the, the eighties. Um, so we, we went back to that back five then, but like you say, I thought we were still well worth uh, the three points and, and well worth our position in the game. Despite going down to 10 men, I didn't think we looked that rocky. Like you say, I thought Blackburn, we're, we're obviously coming forward because they, they clearly got that man advantage, so it's going to be a little bit easier for them. But um, I didn't really think at any time oh, we're, we're rocking a bit here. We're, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before we concede. They had a couple of decent chances, like I say, but um, nothing really that I thought, oh my days, I don't know how that's not gone in, apart from the penalty, but that's generally a chance, you know, game of chance anyway, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, really pleasing to see that we've, we've not just capitulated and um, you know, lost our heads and, and whatever and just made it easy for Blackburn. We, we stuck in there, we fought for it um, and obviously created that one chance right at the end, which has come, by the way, from Sanderberger. Instead of just running down into the corner, trying to run the clock down, it's come from him being positive, being offensive in his play and going to win that corner in the first place. So, um, yeah, absolutely massive. And you mentioned Sanderberger as well. It seems, just from watching that game and from what I've heard from United fans as well, he seems to be getting... Uh, the ball in wide areas a lot more, and obviously he's, he's improved his performances in the last couple of games. He's been he was very good last night. I can't speak for the Swansea game because I, I didn't see it. Um, how impressive has he been, and how vital has it been to to your sort of last two wins? And how important do you think he can be between now and the end of the season? Because it it really struggled to nail down a place due to a lack of fitness. Really, he's a a real class player and a real real talent. Um, and, I, and I've said it many times on here before and, and in conversations I've had on, on Twitter and in person with, with different fans that he just makes everything look so effortless. Um, but these last few games when he's come back into the side, obviously struggled with fitness really and, and injury this season and last season as well. But when he's come back into the side recently, he's, he's played in a slightly more advanced role. Um, I'm not necessarily saying he's playing as a, a right winger as such, but he is playing down that right-hand side a lot more. He's picking the ball up. Um, in, in wide positions um, and causing defenders all kinds of problems in the fact that they just can't get near him. Um, you know, he's, he's a big, tall lad. He's six foot, whatever. You know, he's he's physically strong and, and pretty well built, pretty well built, and he's he's very difficult to knock off the ball. Um, and as a result, he just causes all kinds of issues for opposition defenders who end up having not really many other options but to bring him down and to try and foul him. But even then. You know, he's just so difficult to get on the floor. And there were so many times last night where he was just piling forward down that right-hand side and just skipping past defenders like they weren't there, um, getting good balls into the box, creating chances. And like I say, that, that cross for Sharp's um, missed header, absolutely pinpoint, knew exactly where it needed to be. Sharp really couldn't have asked for a, a better delivery. It was on a plate for him. And, and like I say, it's a bit of a collector's item that he missed it. 
Um, but yeah, he he's just so important for us in in getting getting up the pitch. Um, and when he plays well, then I think the rest of the team play well because, like I say, he just makes it look so effortless. Um, and he's got just that little bit of quality that sometimes we lack and have lacked in the final third. He he possesses that quality and uh, can be a real key to to unlock him. Uh, unlocking a game and it was the same on on Saturday obviously a slightly different game on Saturday it ended up being a lot more open but again he, he was causing the same problems getting into key areas getting past players taking on players um, and, and just generally winning the battles he was facing um, and he was a, a, a real joy to watch on, on Saturday from, from the bits I've seen sadly I wasn't at the game but watched quite an extensive highlights package and he was a real joy to watch um, so yeah real key player for us um, and hopefully he can keep up this form that he seems to have found recently. Maybe on the slightly more worrying side is that United have got their defensive selection issues. Obviously, Charlie Goode's red card adding to that frustration for United, but you've also got Chris Basham, Jaden Bogle, Ender Stevens, and Ben Osborne all out. How much of a worry is that for United? You know, who I suppose we'll talk touch, touching it more in the preview in terms of who you would expect to come in for the next mm-hmm. game against Millwall, but. How much of a worry is that for United amongst all the the positivity that seems to be coming out of Ramelane at the minute? Yeah, admittedly, I was quite nervous before last night's game because, you know, Baldock and Norrington Davis were all slightly questionable um, after, uh, I think, picking up slight knocks from from the weekend. So I was really quite nervous as to who was going to be playing left wing back and right wing back. Um, but you know it is an issue um, we, we have a lot of key players out and I just feel really really sorry for Jaden Bogle who has been banging form these last probably six weeks uh, six eight weeks he's been banging form um, and just when he gets going he gets a, a season ending injury unfortunately Chris Basham he goes in for a challenge on Saturday probably didn't need to make gets himself injured and um could be out for a while, could be out for the rest of the season, which is another worry um, after how well he has been playing. He's always He always plays generally pretty well. Um, so that's a concern. So we are slightly light on that right-hand side. Um, but we've got some good academy talents. Uh, we've got Femi Sariki, who was on loan at, uh, on loan at Beer Shop last, well, this season actually, but has come back. Um, he was doing very, very well in the in the under twenty threes. Uh, we've got Kyron Gordon as well, who can potentially slot in there uh, if we need him to. Played very well at Wolves. Obviously, was on loan at Boston, uh, Boston United earlier in the season, but played very, very well at Wolves when he got recalled. So we have got a couple of options, and obviously Ben Davis as well. He slotted in there last night um, when when he came on. Um, naturally, not his favourite position. He is a left footer, um, so obviously not particularly natural for him, um, but. Doing a job, and I'm sure he can adapt. Down the left-hand side, obviously, like I say, you've got Stevens and Osborne out. Stevens, I'm really not that fussed about because I think he's played pretty poorly all season and has done for a while, actually. Um, Osborne, he's always a player that you know he's going to put 100% in. Not necessarily get the quality sometimes, but you know he's going to put 100% effort in and he's going to be a real kind of tenacious character. And obviously, Max Lowe's out on loan, so the only player we've got left in that position is, is Norrington Davis at the moment. Obviously, Robinson can slot there if we need him to, but I'd prefer him not to. Seems to be playing really well at the moment. Um, so we are light, and it is an issue, but hopefully um, it's one we can manage between now and the end of the season. Well, we shall see how Sheffield United's injury crisis... Well, it's not that much of a crisis, but uh, 
the way it's heading. There are a few headaches for Paul Heckingbottom and, uh, well, they don't get much easier because next up for United, it's a visit down to Millwall. We'll touch on that a little bit later on, though for now, that wraps up Sheffield United. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. With Football Forum here on your preferred podcast provider, much appreciating your company. So, United's done it. It's over to Wednesday now. And, uh, well, with United having in so many games in the last couple of weeks, Wednesday have been wishing they were playing, or rather not in, in the case, because they have had injury problems of their own. Uh, but with all the postponements they've had because of uh, the storms and the weather and what have you, that may uh, come back to... Uh, pay dividends um now we know about the uh, the the rotherham game how could we forget it obviously uh wednesday uh, losing that one and obviously postponements with accrington that was only called off like 45 minutes before kickoff which uh, that sums up wednesday for you doesn't it uh fleetwood game after a ridiculously long pitch inspection as well that <laughs> was fault, by the way I know, but it was stupidly long. Know, I'm yeah. not saying that was Wednesday's fault. No, no. After seeing the pictures, you were like, how is this not being, how is it taking 45 minutes to call I the think, game? I up? think they were waiting for John Coleman and the Accrington team to arrive before he actually called it off. I mean, they didn't seem go. to complain about it, but that's that. I'd imagine that they'd just say, we'll call it off so our fans don't travel. Yeah, exactly. But obviously, the longer they left it, they had to set off. And then, yeah, uh, yeah not ideal. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Uh, that one obviously was postponed. The Fleetwood game, thankfully, that was called off on Friday, I think, of the or Sunday or something. Monday, there you are. Uh, so uh, full notice for that one. Obviously, the storm had caused damage to Highbury Stadium, so there was no chance of that one going off. And the pitch, frankly, looked worse than Wednesdays, and that's going some. Uh, but speaking of the game that did go ahead, that was at the keep moat, and that was uh, last Saturday. Uh, for a rather tasty uh, South Yorkshire derby, Doncaster Rovers up against Sheffield Wednesday. Chappers, why, do you, why don't you run us through it? Certainly, after losing to Rotherham uh, the other week, Wednesday got back to winning ways with a 3-1 victory away at Doncaster Rovers. But it wasn't all plain sailing for the Owls, who fell behind to a Dan Gardner penalty shortly before the half-time break. Joseph Aluwu missed a glorious chance from close range in the second half for Donny Rovers. But from that point, it was Wednesday who took control of the contest. Callum Patterson bundled the ball in after seeing an initial header get cleared off the line to equalise on the 70-minute mark. The visitors actually saw a penalty saved after Bannon was denied by Jonathan Mitchell. Uh, but two minutes later, Wednesday were ahead for the first time in the contest. Lewis Gibson picked out Saido Berahino after a brilliant underlapping run and the striker's neat turn and finish from inside the area earned him his first league goal since mid-September. And finally, the points were secured when Barry Bannon finished a Marvin Johnson pullback from close range, uh, atoning for his earlier penalty miss. Uh, so 3-1 the game finished. Darren Moore spoke to the star afterwards and said, we're really pleased with the three points here today. And it came courtesy of the second half performance. I thought it was a dominant display second half. I'd seen Doncaster at Lincoln. They went 1-0 up and sat deep. So I brought on uh, Pato, Callum Patterson and Sido Berahino uh, because they're back to play uh, stuff is very good, and obviously Lewis Gibson having that time is wonderful. Finally, said it was a great local. Uh, it was a local derby, and I was pleased with the away support again. They were great. So Connor, back to winning ways. Four victories out your last five. Uh, what were your thoughts on that performance overall? Yeah, happy overall. Um, first half was very uneventful. I'd say pretty, 
But, you know, Darren Moore says that Doncaster sat behind the ball against Lincoln. I actually think they sat behind the ball for most of the game at the, at the weekend. And we found it quite difficult in that first half to break through them. We dominated the ball, but we just moved it a bit too slowly. Um, Canberry and So struggled a bit with a back-to-goal, as more alluded to. Um, maybe a little bit of a lack of movement at times as well. Maybe the ball going up to them, getting out-muscled, not really being able to make it stick in the final third and just really struggling to sustain attacks and and really cause a lot of problems for Doncaster. I still think we had the better of that first half in terms of actual good chances created. Um, there was a, a ball from Byers that came in from a, a wide position that Canberry just couldn't quite get his, his foot on. Um, there were a couple of other decent chances as well. Uh, Doncaster's shots mainly came from outside the area. They had a really good effort from long range. It was saved by Peacock Farrell. Obviously, they get into they get get themselves a penalty after a really patient move. Um, I just thought we were probably a bit too slow to get out to Doncaster in in terms of putting them under pressure. I think we were just a couple of yards off off our markers and just allowed them to to cut through us. It was probably the only time they really cut through us, apart from the the glorious chance that they had in the second half to make it two nil. Um, but obviously, Dan Gardner scores the penalty. I wasn't really panicking too much at half time. I knew something had to change, but I, I felt like that we we do have the quality now, and we the performances have been good enough to me for me to have a bit of faith that we'd get back into it. Um, we were knocking on the door really for all of that second half. Started moving the ball a lot quicker. There was a lot more purpose about our play, the uh, interplay, the attacking combinations, movement off the ball was was a lot better. Um, I think you can see how evident. That is, in in the three goals, there was a lovely move that resulted in Bannon having a shot from the edge of the area as well. Um, the football's really good at the minute. We're playing with a lot of control with that midfield three. And we just sort of started to wear Doncaster down. I think they were doing a lot of work off the ball. Um, we, we kept probing. We got that equaliser, which we deserved. I think it probably just re-energised the players that little bit more with the fans right behind them as well. You could sense the atmosphere had completely changed from frustration from the Wednesday fans to really having the sense that we could actually go on and the noise from that away end, I think definitely drove the players on and um, obviously good for Patterson to get his first goal since the Oxford game back in early October. I think it was, he'd gone on a long, long goal drought and I know he's played in different positions and he's been in and out of the side, but um, you know, he's, he's probably lacking confidence in front of goal. He's had chances in that time and he's just lacked quality in front of goal, but, I suppose I won't call it a quality goal, but just his sheer strength, physicality. Um, it just makes him bundle the ball into the net, gets there ahead of the man. And, and from that point, you know, we get the penalty eight minutes after. Bannon misses it. I think he might need to reassess who's on penalty duties when Gregory isn't fit because Bannon's missed. I think it's I think it's three in his last four he's missed now because he missed against Shrewsbury. Um, he obviously scored against Wigan. And I think he missed last season. It might have, I think it was Bristol City. So he's missed quite a few re in his recent spot kicks. Uh, but then a good reaction, you know, for Berahino to get the second goal. Uh, fantastic for him. He, he obviously, I think Doncaster really collapsed in that second half. Defensively really poor, but nice that Berahino's there to take, take the chance. Big goal for him because, you know, he's someone who I've criticised a lot. And I think a lot of the criticism has been warranted, but I thought it was outstanding at the weekend when he came on. I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit more detail. Um, and then, yeah, the third goal is, is something that we don't really see Bannon do much. I think, I can't remember him scoring for us inside the area, apart from penalties. 
Um, he, he's, he's good at scoring from long range. Uh, we've seen that a fair few times. But when he gets into the box and when he tries to shoot, shoot it from close range, he does he does struggle to get that killer touch. And it was a lovely finish, to be fair. Um, a really nice counter-attack as well. Berahino involved, flicking it back. Johnson running on the left-hand side, puts the cross in. And, it, uh, you know, a, a really nice finish from Bannon. Um, I think it was a, a well-deserved win. I think it, it just carries on our, our good run of form, our good run of performances. I didn't really see the Rotherham game as a massive setback because of how well we played. Um, against a good side and you look at that and there's mitigating circumstances like the injuries, the pitch being not suited to the way we want to play. So yeah, it just keeps the good run going. I think we'll probably, we've played better than that in a few games in this run. Got to take into account the the strength of opposition, very poor. Um, so we can't get too excited with that victory, but I think it just keeps us rolling. You know, we're on a nice run of form at the minute and we've got a chance now of, of going on a real run because we've got some really winnable games coming up and we may have injuries, but hopefully we've got enough, especially with players slowly coming back. Hopefully we'll have enough to, to see our way through enough of those teams to get us into the playoffs, but also build up a bit of a gap for when those games against the likes of Bolton and MK Dons, Wickham and Portsmouth come up, which all happen within a month of each other. So this period between now and mid-April is a massive opportunity for us to pick up a lot of points. And Darren Moore has rightly at some points in the season come into, into some criticism, but you've got to give him credit where credit's due. Um, in this game, he started with uh, So and Canberry up front, but at half-time, Hookton both brought Bayer, Berahino and Patterson on. Uh, really changed the game, didn't they? What, what did you make to his substitutions? Yeah, it's something I've not really praised Darren Moore for much. Being able to make a change during a game and having that ability that in-game management because I think we've probably lacked it at times a lot of times this season you know there's not many times where we've changed system during a game and it's really worked well or we've made subs in a game and it's really worked well so I've got a bit of dry mouth so you'll have to be patient with me <laughs> um dry throat should I say um but yeah all three of the subs obviously making an impact I've just looking on who scored and Patterson actually only touched the ball four times I didn't realize that but he's obviously got his goal I thought he was, you know, what he did was was okay physically as well. Obviously, it's a bit of a different sort of a challenge to um, Silaso, for example. And Berry, you know, outstanding. You know, he's, he's a player that he's, he's just lacked. I don't know whether it's confidence. I don't know. You know, I've probably accused him of being a bit lazy at times because he's just, his movement off the ball hasn't been good. But at the weekend, his movement off the ball was very good. It looked like he had a few nice touches initially and that just brought a bit of confidence into him. Um, you know, neat little layoffs, one touch, and you can just sort of see glimpses there of the player that he was. And he, we've not really seen that. Obviously, we're not expecting anywhere near the level of a man who scored 14 goals for West Brom in the Premier League. But what you have been open to see from him is glimpses of that ability. And that is the game where he's really shown that, not just in terms of his goal, which is a nice finish. He does get too much time for it, but it's still a nice goal. Just his understanding of the game, his ability to bring others into play. That flick for the third was absolutely brilliant. And um, it's been slim pickings up front for us in recent weeks. You know, so Canberra, Berahino, Patterson. They've all failed to consistently perform this season. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on So there because he hasn't really had the opportunities. Um, and I think he's looked good at times. Uh, but... I think at the weekend, if if Gregory's not back, I think you have to go with um, Patterson. 
and Berahino was that front too because it worked really well. And if Gregory is back, I think Berahino probably stays on the pitch and, and you know, you give him a chance now to try and see if he can do it from the start and see if he can build up a run of games, which would be nice. And obviously Gibson coming back um, just gives us that balance as a left footer, that goal doesn't happen if you have a right footer in that position, unless they can dribble really well on the left foot. Really, really good underlapping run. Nice pattern of play. It's something that I wanted to see is you, us using our wide centre-backs in the attacking areas as much as we can. And uh, that's where our goals come from. So all three of those subs and give us different elements of the game, which have helped us turn it around. It wasn't really a change of system, but it's a change of personnel that's really swung that, a really slow um, passive, kind of passive, just really slow first half, and we've we've played with more penetration in that second half. So yeah. And finally, there's been a lot of chopping and changing in terms of personnel for Wednesday this year. Some enforced, some down to you know manager selection and uh, and form and things like that. But one thing that has stayed the same for the last four games is is that midfield three of of Byers, Luongo and Bannon. Um, how how important have they been, and and how impressed have you been with their performances over the last few games? Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting to note as well that Byers seem to be playing in quite a bit, like you said with Sanderberg, uh, a bit like we noted that Byers really seem to be picking the ball up in wide areas at, at the weekend, and and just sort of contributing to the when we get the ball out wide, and you know just having an extra man out there helps the wing back because they don't have a, a winger in front of them to try and create those overloads. And, and when he gets the ball in that right-hand channel, whether it's just inside in the in the sort of half space or really wide in that channel, he's able to float a ball nicely over the top of a defence. Um, a bit like, not anywhere near as good, obviously, but a bit like what Kevin De Bruyne does for Man City in that sort of position of the pitch. Um, Bannon has been very good for most of the season. I think he, as soon as we started turning, winning games consistently, he had a bit of a rough patch where I think he was really off it against Morecambe. And there was uh, one other game where he didn't have his best game as well. But in his last few games, last couple of games, you know, dictating it, it's probably something that we just expect from him now. So we just kind of blind to it in a sense, because we just expect him to be as good as he is, but he's obviously a, a player that should not be in league one. And, um, but he's a player that also relies on good movement ahead of him. So if you can get that into your game as well, then you're going to have one of the best midfielders, if not the best midfielder in the league. Um, and Luongo, I, I probably won't beat, beat the drummer bang, the drummer at him again, again, because, you know, I do it every week. But the, the main issue is that we with games coming up Saturday, Tuesday now, for, for a, quite a, a significant amount of weeks is is that rotation and who's going to come in for him. It's not like we can bring Gadeneran in. I think maybe Hutchinson will probably have to go into midfield. Uh, he was injured for the for the Donny game, but he's, I think he probably might be back for the weekend. So um, maybe something we have to look at in those midweek games, especially could be bringing Hutchinson in. But in an ideal world, you want to keep that midfield three playing for as long as possible. It would just be nice to have a little bit more depth below that because you do worry if one of those gets injured and that for me is going to be the key thing that stops us getting into the playoffs I think if we keep playing as well as we are with players going back I think we've got a really good chance I think if we get carry on getting injuries and players have to play more than you'd want them to because of the knock-on effects of having all those injuries and not being able to rotate that could cause problems but I'm confident in how we're going on the pitch at the minute and uh, with this run of games I, I can see it continuing for a, a decent amount of time. 
It has returned. The uh, the Massimo Luongo FC fan club is back once more. And for those playing Hutchinson Bingo, uh, you can mark off 72 on your cards because that was the uh, his last booking in the Rotherham game. Plenty more on the way regarding Wednesday in a mo because they're taking on Charlton at the weekend in what's not being called the John Pearson Derby. Um, which, inclu- which includes a load of screens. Right, Chappers, it is your time to shine and with about 400 fixtures to cram in. Uh, it's going to be lengthy, but I'm sure you'll uh, you'll manage to condense it this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try and get through it as quick as I can. It is local round-up time. Uh, we're going to start with Barnsley, who, well, for a lot of this season, really have looked dead and buried. But they've now won two of their last three games, starting uh, a week last Saturday against QPR at home. Uh, Don Keener getting the game's only goal in that game in the 74th minute. However, that was followed up the following week um, on Saturday, just gone with a 1-0 away loss at Coventry. A late, late show for uh, Coventry City. Dominic Hyam in the 95th minute, stealing that one uh, and a point away from Barnsley. However, they got back to winning ways against fellow strugglers Hull City um, away from home at the KCM Stadium or whatever it's now called these days. Um, MKM, I knew it was something like that. Oh, it used to be called the KC Stadium, didn't it? Anyway, uh, Callum Styles and Carlton Morris getting two first-half goals uh, to secure three points for Poya Ashbaji. Uh, they do still sit bottom of the championship table, but they are uh, only separated by one point from Derby. They are currently nine points adrift at Reading and safety but have a game in hand. Uh, moving down into League One, where we all know what happened uh, when Rotherham Wednesday met uh, Ladapo and Michael Smith getting a 2 0 victory for Rotherham. Uh, however, on Friday night, they could only manage a draw at home to Wigan. Uh, uh, Stephen Humphreys opening the scoring for the away side before Ollie Rathbone in the 70th minute, uh, 75th minute uh, levelling things up for Paul Warren's men. And on Tuesday night, they got back to winning ways with another 2 0 victory again at home, uh, this time against Morecambe. Fred Ladapo, who actually wanted to go in January and leave Rotherham, but wasn't bought or wasn't offered uh, a, a new club. Uh, he scored both goals in the 4th and the 30th minute for Rotherham. Uh, that result leaves them top of the League One table, six points clear of Wigan Athletic. But Wigan uh, have played two games less than Rotherham. So uh, plenty to change in that top, uh, top of the table um, fight. Sticking in League One, Donny Rovers, well, again, uh, they were another team who looked kind of dead and buried recently, but they've, got, uh, they've won two of that last four. However, uh, it didn't start off brilliant with a, a 4-0 away defeat away at Portsmouth. Uh, but on uh, a week last Tuesday, they travelled to Lincoln City and got a 1-0. Uh, Dan Gardner scoring from the penalty spot. We know what happened against Sheffield Wednesday in the last 3-1 at home. Uh, but on Tuesday night, uh, again, they were back at home at the UK Power Stadium that should be called the keep mode, but that's a different story. Uh, Accrington, Stanley, the visitors, uh, Josh Martin and Joseph Aluwu in the 68th and 88th minute, uh, wrapping up three points for Gary McSheffrey's side. They are now off the bottom. They are 22nd in the League One table, uh, four points from safety, but they have played two games more than teams above them. Uh, moving down into the National League, Chesterfield um, have had a bit of a difficult time under, uh, under Paul Cook, new manager Paul Cook, returning manager Paul Cook, I'm going to start with a 1-1 uh, away draw away uh, at Weymouth. Uh, Alex Whittle uh, opening the score for the Spirits in the 70th minute, but Akeem Rose in the 98th minute uh, pulling level for Weymouth and denying Chesterfield all three points. Uh, they then hosted Solihull Moors at home, and uh, well, it looked like a brilliant start as Whittle and the Quasi Asante in the 14th and 21st minute put the Spirits 2-0 ahead. However, a moment of madness from Curtis Weston in the 22nd really did change the game 
after he got sent off. Uh, James Clark, Callum Maycock, an unloaded Sheffield United defender, Harry Boys, uh, with three goals uh, to turn it round for Solihull Moors, a wrap up three points for them. And on Tuesday night, uh, they were hosting Wrexham. Uh, yeah, they were hosting Wrexham, uh, not away at Wrexham. Oli Palmer getting two goals for Wrexham there uh, to wrap up a 2 0 away victory, uh, but a 2 0 defeat for the Spyrites and Paul Cook. Spyrites still in second in the table. Um, but, uh, however, Boreham Wood, who are third and two points behind them, have played three games less than they have, and they are currently six points off the summit of the National League. And finally, moving down in uh, to the North you know, Northern Counties Eastern League Division One, uh, Hallam. Uh, well, they have only played one game in recent times because of the weather, and that was uh, a week last Saturday against Johnfield Town. They've uh, travelled to Johnfield Town and were three-two victors. Kieran Watson. Uh, and two from Liam Royals getting the, uh, the Hallam's goals there to up three points. And that is your local roundup. Lovely stuff, Chappers. And uh, yes, Hallam uh, doing the bits. Three points clear at the top of uh, whatever league they're in. Um, the Northern Counties Eastern League Division 1. Yes, I'll, I'll get that etched on my forehead for next week. There we go. Right. Uh, plenty on the way in a minute. It's previews time in a moment as uh, we take our attention towards United and Wednesday and the weekend's action it comes in just a second you're home for the blades and owls this is football forum still to come tonight another round of footy addicts as Wednesday welcome Charlton and that's for Muscat, just without warning this time, as United enter Millwall. Plenty still on the way on Football Forum. On to the previews then, and uh, Wednesday taking on Charlton. That's where we'll start on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, well, Connor, this is uh, the chance for... Wednesday to uh, cement themselves because they are just outside of the top six, only on I think it's by two points if I'm right. Uh, last, last time, time I, I think no, I think it's I think it's, I think it's in goal difference. Um, I just have to double check that, but we have got games in hand as well. I think I think it's two points now because of what happened in midweek. Ah, you might be right there. Let me just have a look off the table. Should really know this off by heart when this actually decides to load up. Um. No, it's not. It's one point as it stands. Ah. Um, but two games in hand on Sunderland, who are in sixth, and they're only one point above us. Um, one point, level on points with Wickham in seventh with one game in hand. Level, uh, one point behind Plymouth with no games in hand. Uh, fourth place, Oxford, we're four points behind with two games in hand. And MK Dons, we are eight points behind with two games in hand. Did I say Oxford four games and? I meant two two games and. Sorry, anyway. yeah, four points, two games and. You see what I mean? But yeah, yes. it's in our hands basically. And I think with the run of games we've got coming up now, is a real chance for us to post, uh, um, you know, extend this consistent good run of form that we're on. So, um, score prediction then, and uh, well, it is Wednesday up against Charlton. I don't even know where Charlton are now in the league. That's. Uh, I'm putting as much uh, much focus on League One as Sky is by the looks of things. Oh, That's 16th. 16th. So uh, not 
hopefully not going to be a nil-nil like first game of the season when you were on Sky, funnily enough. Uh, Connor, your prediction, please. Well, if I may uh, just talk about the game for a little bit first. Um, comes into a... <laughs> I've not said anything about Charlton yet, have I? Can't just go straight into a prediction. Um, yeah, Charlton, it was a, a really boring first game of the season. I don't really think we knew what to expect. Um because I, th- I expected Charlton to be up there. So I came away from that thinking it's a decent point. Um, it's I think we play them at a really good time. They've lost four in, on, on a row, in a row, um, which is an absolute world away from where they were when Johnny Jackson came in in October. They won nine of their first 13 games, which promotion form, and, and you probably thought that they'd have a good chance of getting in the playoffs. They've really fallen away since then. Um, and, you know, they're they're in a sort of lower mid-table obscurity. Probably a few murmurs thinking they're gonna they could get dragged into a relegation battle, but I don't think they will. They're obviously without Connor Washington, Jaden Stockley, Mason Burstow, and Chuck Sanike. So that four first choice strikers are out, which is even worse than the situation we've got ourselves in. I think if Gregory's back as well, then I'm a lot more confident for this game. So I don't think we'll concede here. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, especially if Hutchinson's back in that back three. Um, Jordan's story's been immense and he continues to be just really unfussy and really consistent. Um, yeah, I think more of the same from Wednesday. That's all you've got to say at the minute. The pitch, I'm hoping, is in a better state than it was for the uh, Rotherham game. And I think both teams will try and get it down and play, to be honest. Charlton are a, a try and play football under Johnny Jackson. Hasn't quite worked out, but I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Wednesday. I think uh, I think it'll be fairly comfortable, mainly because of that lack of attacking threat that Charlton are going to pose with all those injuries. You know, Jaden Stockley causes problems in that first game. And EK is a good striker at this level. I think without those two, I think they're going to struggle to cause as many problems. You can tell I've had two weeks off from doing this. Uh, yes, I so have I. When you, so have I with my uh, reading reading out at the start. We all make those errors, don't we? Anyway, uh, so a 2 nil Wednesday victory for Connor. Uh, I am going to, what am I going to say? You see, I've got no idea now, um, which shows how good I am when it comes to predicting these things. I'm going to say, I'll say a 1-0. We'll keep it simple. 1-0 Wednesday for myself. Uh, Mr. Chapman, your turn. Yeah, a tricky one this because I think Connor's absolutely right in in saying that it's a good time to play Charlton after losing four on the spin. And and to be fair, even before that, their form really hasn't been that good. Um so yeah they'll but at the same time I think despite losing four in a row they'll also be keen to to stem the flow a little bit to stop the tide and, and we'll be trying as hard as they possibly can not to to concede um, and not to lose another game um, but I do think Wednesday are probably going to win this one um, I think it might be pretty comfortable I think I'm actually going to say 3-0 Wednesday bloody hell okay then which is very you know unlikely. I'm not sure where all them goals are coming from <laughs> well well, no that is the issue but when you I know you put three past Donny and I, I, no disrespect to Donny but they're, they're not a, a good team despite recent form but um, yeah Charlton just really struggling at the minute Oxford put four past them MK Dons put two past them at home Wigan put two past them so did Bolton so yeah I think Wednesday 3-0. 3-0 Wednesday, fair enough. Um, so that brings us on to United then. And uh, I've already said it once this show, so that's enough. Uh, Millwall is the next test for United. Down at the Den, 
And uh, where is Muscat, I wonder, these days? But uh, but there we are. Um, Millwall, the next test for United. And realistically, it shows we can, we can play a little bit dirty, Chappers, and still grind out the results in the end. So Millwall seems like a perfect next game for us. Yeah, I thought there were there were a few incidents last night which were a little bit hairy from us, but probably down to the fact that the referee was so bad, he completely lost control of the game. Um, and, well, yeah, that's what you get as a result. You, players start to take a few liberties. But anyway, in contrast to Connor saying that Charlton, uh, Wednesday playing Charlton at a good time, we're probably playing Millwall at a bit of a bad time. They've, they've won their last three games. Admittedly, those two of those games have come against uh, Derby. Uh, two of those wins have come against Derby and Cardiff, who are down the wrong end of the table. Derby's a tricky one, obviously, because they are um, down there because of points deductions. So, yeah, it, it's not a brilliant time to play Millwall in the fact that they're coming off the back of three victories. But equally, we're now unbeaten in nine, um, and we've lost one game in fifteen, which was obviously Derby away from home. When it won league game, of course, in fifteen, which was Derby away from home, um, and I thought we were really, really poor that day. Um, so it's two teams who are who have found form. United obviously have found really excellent form, sixth in the table. Obviously, want to carry on uh, that run. Win on Saturday, we could be up as far as third. So. There's a lot to play for um, and it's a massive transformation when you think about where we were languishing um, at the start of the season under Jukanovic. Um So it's a massive turnaround job that uh, Heckingbottom has put together. It's away from home. We, we seem to have played a lot at home recently, which which we have uh, because of games in hand. Obviously, we've played the last three games at home. In fact, we've played four of the last five out at, at home. So um, it's it's a rare away trip in terms of recent fixtures. Um, so I'm interested to see how this one goes. Millwall are okay at home. They're, they're tenth in the home table. We're fourth away in the in the away table. So we're actually um, better away than we are at home. We're twelfth in the away in the home table. Um, so I think it's close. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Really, just, it just kind of goes against what I was going to say. Um, but I guess it's a lot of it's down to the really bad home for form under Jukanovic. I guess when you take it from Meckenbottom. You're yeah, probably it, top top of the home table, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it's a strange one. Um, we've played 15 games at home and we've got 27 points, so less than less than one and a half points a game, um, which is interesting. Whereas away from home, we're obviously, like I say, we're fourth. We've played 17 games away from home, but we have only got 26 points. So generally, teams are, are worse away than they are at home. So we have actually got less points away than we do at home. Um, but obviously, the other teams do much better at home than we do. Clearly. So, interesting one. In terms of score prediction, um, I'd like to think United are going to win um, and hopefully continue um, a, a good run of form that we're on. Defensively, selection-wise, I don't know who's going to come in. Will Ben Davis come in and, and try and play in that right centre-half role? I think it probably makes most sense for him to do that um, if, if Basham's going to be out as long as we ex- well, as long as I expect him to be. So, I think it makes sense for Davis to play in there. Despite being a left footer, I think he can do more than a good enough job. Um, I'm going to say... Close one, this. Uh, 2-1 United. 2-1 United for Chappers. I have to back us. I'm going to go 2-0 United for this one. Um, Another clean sheet. Why not? 
2-0 United for me. Connor to finish us off. I'm going to be a bit controversial. I'm going to go 2-1 Millwall. Um, I think it, it could just be a bit of a banana skin, this one. United's brilliant run under Heckingbottom has been mostly geared by home performances, home results. The away ones haven't been quite to the same standard. I thought United were, were lucky to come away with uh, from Huddersfield without, um, you know, with a point because of that goal that got disallowed. Um so, you know, I've obviously not seen United as much as you and I've, I've not followed the championship as much as I usually do this year, but I just have a feeling Millwall could pull this off. Um, you've got Tyler Bury, who's got two and two. You've got the Millwall side have won the last three games. They beat West Brom at home recently as well, which I know is not a massive achievement, but, you know, they're against the sort of pre-season favourites. They, they seem to be doing all right at home. Good win against QPR recently as well. So um, I'm going for a slip up for United. I guess you can't win them all. Controversial on this programme? Never. Anyway, uh, 2-1 Millwall for Connor. And uh, that pretty much wraps things up. But uh, we promise that next week, all things being considered, we won't have another week off. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2 1 defeat away at the Viggen. Connor, uh, Viggen. Viggen, Viggen. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Viggen. that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Hello there. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was a, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Card in wow. already. Can't believe I've just said. <laughs> we may have left shoe, but we still focus on Sheffield's red and blue. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. Yes, Football Forum. See what we can do. Um, so if we do have another week off, we 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 fair warned you, fair warned you. Uh, right, we've done the predictions, but just giving you an update on unpredictable and uh, with all the postponements and everything. Uh, scores look like this, Chappers. Uh, you're no longer last. You're joint second now. Lovely. Uh, which shows how poor Connor has been in predicting recently. Um, 73 points for the pair of you. Yeah. Seven points between yourselves and myself on 80. Uh, right, that is about as far as we go for this evening. But before we do, the answer to that quiz question. Chappers, you think you've got one? I think I've got one. It, it... Is it the fifth minute? To quote Connor before I'd even had a chance to read the question out, but yes, the fifth minute is one of them. Um, yeah, so we were looking for Billy Sharp has scored in three minutes, uh, has not scored in three minutes in his entire career. Uh, one of them was he's never scored in the fifth minute, and there are two others. I mean, this is just going to be a complete guess, because obviously, why would I know this? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to give you two numbers, and if they're wrong, I'm not going to sit here and give you every number between 1 and 90. I'm going to give you 28 and 52. And I'll give you um, 86 and 37. And if those are your lottery numbers this week, well done to you. Um, but I can tell you that even if Connor had been here for the next two hours going through every single number between 1 and 90, he still wouldn't have got it because both of them are in added time. Oh. The actual answers are um, he's never scored in the 96th or the 97th They're not minute. between 1 and 90. Uh, not, 1 and 98, he said. Oh, did you say 1 and 98? Sorry. I he said 1 and 90. Uh, no, because he scored in the 98th minute. Uh, so okay. between 1 and 98. Ah, uh, the yeah, 96 to 97th. You could have probably, yeah. If I knew, no, maybe I could have sort of guessed my way around that one. 
because if I'd have said which one minute had he not scored in, Chappers would have got it straight off the bat. Fifth. Mm. Um, but there you are. Uh, so those are your answers. Sharp has yet to score in the fifth minute, in the 96th and the 97th. And, uh, well, let's see if he gets his shooting boots on come Saturday. But that... Who did he score against in the 98th? You know. How the f*** should I know? Who literally Might just have to found investigate a tweet. That. Um, Might have to investigate. I tell you what, that's Surely your quiz question. That's something that you could, you know, feasibly remember. The 98th minute's always a, a like a. I mean, if dramatic... it's for us, probably, but if, it, if it's for. Oh, is it through his career? Oh, yeah, no, if, okay. it's, if it's a Donny or Southampton. Yeah, yeah, or Leeds or something. Or Leeds. Uh... I tell you what, that's your quiz question for next week. <laughs> no, no thanks. Let's move on. Talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right, that is as far as we go for this week. Uh, we are back next week, fingers crossed. Uh, to bring you all the reaction to another four games because the, we're playing every single week uh, and midweek as is the case but there you are uh, so for me Chappers and Connor and all the team here on the new sounding and new look football forum uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week Good night. bringing you the latest from across the steel city this is football forum